If you are looking to continue developing your coaching skills or have a new coach that you'd like to train or onboard, check out our upcoming activity coaching clinics. We are hosting both our basics and advanced clinics every Monday for our basics clinic and Tuesday for our advanced clinic from 1.30 to 3 Central Standard Time. It runs October 2nd through November 6th, and you can learn more and register at heatherpriceconsulting.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Activity Coaching Conversations with Heather and Sabina, where we discuss coaching strategies for the overachievers, the slow starters, and everyone in between. We're going to share everything we know about instilling early success habits, the science behind activity, and how to build a values-based, FR-centered coaching philosophy. Activity Coaching Conversations is all about balancing accountability with the art and science of coaching. All right. Hello, listeners. Welcome back. Boy, are you in for a treat today. We have joining us Justin Stoddard, the CEO of Pro Insight and the author of The Upstream Model, joining us to talk about, are you ready for this, how to build a steady flow of referrals from other professionals, (laughs) something that a topic as a coach that I know many of you that are listening are trying to help your advisors with. So Justin is no stranger to podcasts. We were just talking before we hopped on, and he is going on his eighth year of podcast. His is called the Think Bigger Real Estate Show, and it's actually, this is really cool, it's in the top 1% of all podcasts. How cool is that? Welcome, Justin. Thank you. So it's such a pleasure to be here. Thank you for the invite, Heather. Excited about this. Absolutely. Happy to have you. So Justin and I were introduced to one another, I don't know, several months ago, maybe four or five months ago now. And what immediately struck me was his passion for helping people build their businesses. I was so intrigued and really bought in very quickly to what was in Justin's book and what he was talking about and what he's doing at Pro Insight that I actually almost hitched my wagon to Pro Insight. I was looking at becoming a facilitator, but it just wasn't in the stars for me at this year or at this point in time. But Sabina and I are obviously also similar to you, Justin, very passionate about helping those that we coach and helping them to grow their businesses. So we're really excited to have you here today. Yeah, such a pleasure. And uh, thank you for yeah your attention early on to where Pro Insight was at at the time for just staying in touch. Yeah, we've made some really positive iterations since then. And I'm excited to just be here and see what I can contrib- contribute to your audience. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. So Justin, with a background actually in real estate, different, but very similar in a lot of ways to the financial services industry, like many in the service-based industries, you relied on relationships and introductions to other professionals to keep your business going and to be successful. Tell us a little bit about where the idea for the upstream model started. What is the upstream model? Where did it come from? Fill us in on all that. Yeah, great question. So I was actually a a high-end home builder and land developer at the time. I'd gone to work for somebody who had built a great business doing that. And I I had learned from him and and to the point to where he began to really focus on land development. And I oversaw the custom home division, Uh, was running about 15 homes at the time, the luxury custom homes. And I just assumed that the business would continue to flow in after he departed. I ended up buying that book of business from him. He focused on development entirely. I had mistaken that there's actually two businesses in every business, at least one of which is to get the business. And the second one is to operate or do the business. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'd gotten very proficient at doing the business. And I just assumed that would 
create the business to flow in. And I realized pretty quickly that it wasn't. There was actually some very intentional efforts that had to happen in order to ensure that additional clients were added to the pipeline. The challenge at the time, Heather, was that I was 25 years old. And so my ideal client avatar was not only older than I was, but they were worth far more dollars than I was worth at the time. Many of my friends were college students or recently graduated in their first or second job, not the ideal pool of potential candidates to build million dollar homes yet. They probably are now, some of them at least, but at the time they weren't very helpful to me, even though they wanted to be, they just weren't. And I'm sure probably some of the financial advisors like that of like, I want to manage wealth. And yet many of the people that I know don't have a lot of wealth to manage. So how do I being maybe younger or newer in an industry kind of shed the, you know, the, either the baby face and, or kind of the like little bits of experience to actually go get business that, that otherwise seems to be out of reach. And that was a position I was in and I was too determined to just switch careers. I actually was enjoying what I was doing. I wasn't as passionate about that as I am about my bigger mission that I'm on now. Nevertheless, I knew that there was a great opportunity there. So I did what probably most professionals do to get business is first of all, you start marketing to your warm market, people that you know. And for most people that doesn't reach their ambition, right? That doesn't Mm -hmm. help them to get to the level that they ultimately want to be. And so I began to join every kind of networking group that I could think of. And I joined one that was every Friday morning, I believe it was. I had to be there at seven o'clock at some restaurant and was there for 90 minutes. And I looked around the room and there were maybe a couple people that could help me, which was good, but most of them couldn't and they became friends. But there was also an obligation to meet with these people on a regular basis which it wasn't bad for my, my social life. You know, there were good people who I enjoyed being around, but they weren't very beneficial to my business and neither was I very beneficial to theirs. So there was a very heavy lift in being a part of these groups to try and get the couple of people in the room to build a deep enough relationship with them that it would produce the, the, the kind of the results that, you know, that brought me there. And so what that caused me to do at that point is to um, kind of rethink my strategy. And I began to observe that there were professionals in the marketplace who already had a relationship with my ideal client. They just happened to be in a different industry and they were there first because of you know, the way that that particular transaction or my industry ran. For example, I identified that there was an architectural designer or designers who were working with clients prior to those clients needing to build a home. So they had an entire office full of potential or very likely ideal candidates for me. Mm-hmm. So I thought to myself, I can market myself to the masses or I can really go cut to the chase. You know, I, I think it, I'm trying to remember, was it Waldo Emerson that said, while many, or maybe it was Benjamin Franklin who said that while many are chopping at the branches, one is striking at the root. Mm-hmm. And I realized like all of a sudden, like I'm doing a lot of marketing. I built this pretty website, which nobody cares, seems to care about. <laughs> and um, yet there's this one individual who could completely change my business. So that was how it began as I began to at least identify it first. Like this is, I think this is the path because I don't need to impress everybody and convince them that I'm qualified to build a million dollar home. I just need to convince one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's one, Mm -hmm. they'll, the trust that they have with their clients, they'll be able to transfer that to me through the form of an endorsement. So I went to work to not only build a relationship or relationships with these architectural designers, but to add such value that they felt compelled in a good way to want to introduce me to their clients. So that's how it began. And I'm happy to go deeper if you'd like, but that's where it all started for me. 
Yeah, such a good background. And I'm chuckling as I'm listening to you because those that are on right now listening have to be making the same connections that I am, which the parallels are so similar to our financial advisors, to so many of the people that I coach, new into the business, looking to grow their business, sitting in BNI groups, trying to connect to more people, trying to, we say, prospect up, find you know that higher quality, higher worth, the right prospect, the ideal prospect. So many parallels, different in- industry, but the exact same idea. Sabina, what's going through your mind right now as you hear this? Yeah, I'm making all the connections and thinking that's exactly who we have. People always want to be beyond where they are, but they don't know how to get there. They need a roadmap. And we teach, you know, there's a lot of language and this and that and the other. But I, what I, as I was looking through some of your stuff, what I really liked about it is a whole paradigm shift. It's not just another prospecting technique. It's like a whole different way of thinking about it, which I think is, is what we need. Yeah. So let, let's talk a little bit more about that strategy. What differentiates the approach that you're talking about right now or what you call the upstream model from traditional lead sourcing, if you will? Yeah, well, I would say the paradigm shift and, and great calls, Sabine, I appreciate you saying that, is that we think because we're in a B2C business that we need to market to the end consumer. And what that oftentimes looks like is you have a large database of prospective clients And you realize that what you've always been taught is it's a numbers game. Just go through the numbers. And if you talk to enough people out the other side, will come some opportunities. And so we we wear out ourselves out talking to everybody playing the numbers game. And I'm not going to argue that it doesn't work. It does. The numbers game works. And it's kind of like the metaphor of if you were to say there's needles in those haystacks out there. And so if you look through enough haystacks, you're going to find the needles. And if you aren't finding the needles, then you just need to go find more haystacks. And it's like, but <laughs> is that really where needles hang out? Is in haystacks? <laughs> like, I agree, I'll find them there if if I look through enough of them. But in the same process, we kind of end up what brought us into being in business for ourselves, which was increased income and increased autonomy. We end up being a kind of a slave to this this numbers machine, as opposed to saying, asking a different question of like, where are needles really hanging out? Oh, like, hey, they're hanging out in like pin cushions or like, like, where do I go to really find needles? Is this really when, you know, where needles are hanging out? And so that was maybe the the paradigm shift that I had is that, yes, I'm in a B2C business. If I go market to B2B, specifically to the professionals who are serving my client just before they need me, that's a way better use of time, right? I don't need to be sifting through a bunch of haystacks. And so my initial attempt was very similar to what most people would do is that they begin to treat those business professionals as a lead source. And then we almost begin to like sell ourselves to them. And I'll tell you, that was a turnoff to the people on the other side, as it is to all of us, right? Somebody walks in our office and we really don't know who they are. We're lightly familiar with them. And they begin to tell us all of the reasons why we are the right fit for their clients. And you're kind of like, okay, this wasn't really scheduled and I appreciate it. Leave me your stack of cards and I'll file them away in a deep drawer, right? And that's kind of what we all go through when somebody takes that approach. And so the paradigm shift continues beyond just realizing who the person is, but the approach must go to this person is now my client, right? This professional is the client. And when we're really serving a client at a high level, we're saying, what problems do they have and how do I help solve them? When you come from the other paradigm, you're saying, I have a problem. I don't have enough clients. Can you help me solve it? And that just is ineffective. But if you treat now this professional as your client and really do a discovery conversation to say, where are you at? Where are you headed? What's your plan to get there? What obstacles might be getting in your way? And then you go to work to add value to that 
business owner, number one, that creates a lot of trust and credibility and they want you in their business now, right? The follow-up to that is you begin to uncover challenges that their clients are facing that professional doesn't solve through their industry. When you begin to solve both the business owner's problems and then their client's problems, what ends up happening is it almost as if their clients are kind of on a conveyor belt headed your way, right? Because you, you begin to really recognize the fact that, again, you just need to solve the problems of one person and show proficiency in being able to solve their client's problems. And all of a sudden they want to get them to you because again, you're not competing with them. This is a complimentary introduction. And so that's uh, maybe the kind of bigger paradigm to summarize is that they become your client and you've got to treat them as such so that you get the right and the privilege to be introduced to their clients, which in turn turn into your clients. Mm-hmm. So part of what I hear you saying, you talked about it being a numbers game and I see too many people wear themselves out working hard versus working smart. And I really think that this is, Granham, um, obviously very well known in our industry, talks about it's not about the numbers worked, right, or the hours worked. Um, it's about what happens during those hours and, and what comes out of that. So let's bring a little bit of context to what this means for people in our industry. So for example, when you were talking about being a home builder, the people that were your upstream, if you will, right, or the people that you knew that they needed a realtor, a home builder before they even did were the designers. So in our industry, it might be recently I've been having conversation with some advisors who have been building good relationships with wedding planners because wedding planners are right. They usually know when somebody's getting married and getting married is a pretty big trigger to say, I probably should do something with my financial planning, right? Taking a big step in life. So, you know, a wedding planner would be a good example of somebody for our upstream. Another one on the opposite side of that, sadly, is divorce attorneys, right? I mean, oftentimes when people are separating, they need somebody to help them work through their finances, to decouple things, to plan accordingly. So I can think of a handful of other ones, but I just want to bring some context, I guess, to what what you're sharing specifically to our industry. And yeah. I just thought of another one too, because I just talked to somebody this morning who's who's became very good I don't know, friends, but had a connection with a white glove mortgage lender, like high-end mortgage lender. And he sends, not even in the same state, but it's exactly what you're talking about. He's, you know, and the guy's like, what can I do for you? (laughs) Because people buy a house, they need more financial security. So, you know, I think one of the, yes, one of the ways to look at this is what are the key life events where a financial advisor would step in and serve, right? Would it be somebody getting their first job promotion at that point? They really maybe have a little more money to be, to be able to invest. Would it be maybe they have, um, you know, they're married or they start having kids where they can start to actually plan and put some life insurance and policy to where it's a little more really meaningful. And you guys, you know, you ladies know this industry way better than I do, but obviously on, on the other end where they're selling businesses, there's an inheritance situation. You think about that life event and you ask yourself the question in an ideal setting, What are the other professionals that would be around the table serving the client at this time that would provide such an elevated client experience, right? So in that situation, like an inheritance, there's probably some insurance professionals. There's probably a CPA. There's probably an attorney, an estate attorney. And you just start to go through it. You know, there's probably some real estate holdings. There's probably a very professional relationship-based real estate agent, potentially a lender as well. And then you begin to think about, okay, what is the client that I love to serve the most? Is it someone who's just getting married on the front end? Right? Is it somebody who's selling a business? Is it somebody who's relocating to a different state? Like what are the life events that if I could fill up my entire day with people who are in this spot in their life, 
right? And it could be even divorce. Like some people be like, oh, I don't want to spend that. But it's like, I actually had a client. This was funny. She, side note here, she was a real estate agent. I was coaching her directly. And she said, I think I really want to focus on divorce clients. She created a relationship rather quickly with a divorce attorney and realized that other agents had not really added value. They just had come soliciting the business. She came back, she said, it's working. I got an introduction to my first couple. Someone else on our coaching call was like, man, I want to try that. Came back a couple of weeks later. They're like, I don't like this. Like divorce to me is really sad. And it's like, now I've got right two clients and one deal. Like this is tough. And the first agent kind of raised her hand and said, no, 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 you don't understand. I've been through a divorce and I know how hard it was. And I want to through my career, I don't just want to help people buy and sell houses. I want to give people hope that this is not the end of the book. This is the end of the chapter. And it was like, we're all like inspired. Like, oh my goodness, that was beautiful. Right. And so each person can really select to say, what is, what is the time in people's lives where I feel like I could really be of service when the financial opportunity hits what I call the heart opportunity, where it's like, this is what I was made to do. Like I've got experiences, kind of a breadcrumb trail of opportunities behind me or experiences behind me that have led me to be able to really help people at this time. Now, all of a sudden it goes beyond like ah, prospecting, right? And everyone's trying to avoid it and do stuff. Like it's all of a sudden it's like, I gotta go find people that are going through this spot because I can help them. Right. And so finding that thing, and I get goosebumps when I tell this story and it won't always feel so warm and fuzzy, but I do think that you need to get clear on what are my life experiences that have really positioned me to serve people in a unique way. And maybe focus on that life event and just ask yourself the question of who are the other professionals that are serving either at the same time or just before that are upstream, right? And now all of a sudden you can begin to build alliances with those professionals that are serving that same kind of client, right? And you can add a lot of value to each other and to the client simultaneously. I am guessing that people who are listening might be asking, okay, I've identified who those people are. I've identified what categories of people I'd like to have an impact in. What do you recommend as a good first step or a couple steps for them to start to build the relationships with people? What does the approach look like? So the first, sometimes you already know the people, right? And, and in those situations, I like to recommend almost a reintroduction, right? Sometimes they know you as a financial advisor, or they may even be too close to you to be like, oh, you just got, you just got licensed, right? Or you pivoted from a different career, or you've done that for a long time, but I'm not your client. Like you almost need to like come in with something that gets their attention. And so if that's the case and you already know the person, which is the fastest way in most cases, right? Assuming that you've got a good reputation with that person, the fastest way is to go in and, and have a conversation about, and I, I like to say it this way, is that you need to point out the fact that your industry has failed the consumer in some regard, right? What I mean by that is you can almost apologize on behalf. My industry, unfortunately, has oftentimes during this particular life event has really focused on, although they serve within their silo really well, they've been a little bit blind to the fact that their clients would also be really well served at this time to also be consulting with a tax professional on this. And my industry isn't really good at bringing those people to the table. And that's not the kind of business that I want to build. And what I'm looking to do as I serve that client is identify other professionals who also serve that client really well. And so this is just an exploratory conversation for me to say, is that your same client, like ideal client avatar? And if so, at what point during my conversations, right? At what point during my client experience would you recommend that I bring you to the table? Now, all of a sudden, the conversation went from, here's a stack of my cards. Would you mind referring me? Which is, in other words, 
I have a problem. I don't have enough clients. Will you give me some deals? Right. Which is oftentimes how these go and why most people revert back to the other methods. Cause they're like, well, you know, I go to chamber meetings and I go to BNI and I, and I have coffee meetings with people all the time and I don't really get any referrals. That's because there's just a few tweaks that you need to make. So it's really coming in saying, look, I am looking to serve the client at an elevated way. And I recognize in order to do that, I need some other professionals kind of in my back pocket who serve in a way that I don't. And so will you, if assuming that there's some fit here and there's some interest, will you just coach me through it? At what time would be a good point to introduce you or what types of clients do you really specialize in serving? Now, all of a sudden that professional's like, wait a minute, that's a different approach, right? And, and the right professional will say, okay, now that's interesting. Tell me more about you right now. You've opened the dialogue. Not that you're expecting that on the first conversation, but you ought to expect it at some point, right? If it's just a taker, that's not a good long-term relationship. But if, if you find the right person that's growth-minded, that's also looking to grow, not just the number of clients that they have, but the quality of client experience that they have, right? And serve the clients at a higher level. Once you find that person, now you've really established the opportunity to create something that can be very synergistic and very fruitful. And I think that's the whole paradigm shift is the approach is how do I help you solve your problem? And in return, we can help the client and that helps me, right? Where we end up really helping each other. In our industry, we call it building centers of influence. But I think the approach oftentimes is taken that I'm going to get together and build a relationship with the person so they can give me referrals versus I'm going to build a relationship with somebody so that I can help them. And then in turn, we help each other. So I just love the whole shift of it, the whole different approach. It's so service oriented. And that is such a rare thing today. When I think when people hear it, it really captures their interest. And and the other thing is people want to be part of something positive. And that just is like, that just sounds like a kind of a positive movement, you know? Well, you know what I found many of the hesitations that people have with quote unquote prospecting is because they get into a service-based industry because they love to serve. And yet all of a sudden, the first thing we ask them to do is to go call people to get business. And we're confused as to why you wanted to do this business. Don't you know that the first thing to do is to make phone calls? Yet we set them up to be contrary to their own DNA. We set them up to call to get something. And I've seen professional after professional when they when they recognize that like, no, you're calling to give. All of a sudden it's like, it's just like immediately they're like, this is in alignment. I, I don't have to fight the fact that this is awkward. It's like, no, I'm calling to give. And once they have that aha, like it just, it gets easier. It's, it's a better system for them to really get into flow with who they really are. So at Pro Insight, and I'd love for you to, to talk a little bit about this, but you recommend that people create their own advisory board. Tell us a little bit about what that is, what that looks like, how they would go about that. Thank you. What I realized, again, I come out of the real estate industry, building homes, developing land, as well as coaching real estate agents for the past about decade. And I began to apply the principles that I had learned as a home builder to real estate agents and teach them these principles. It was a similar experience that most people have is like, wow, that makes, why didn't I think of that? Right. It was, it was so simple. Like, why didn't I think of that? And they go into the marketplace and they have more success than they've ever had with professionals, but it still wasn't, I couldn't figure out why it wasn't working at the level that I wanted it to. And I met the founder of Pro Insight and who, who within a few months had hired me to be the CEO of the company. And um, I had, he and I had both come to the same conclusion at different times just before we met, which is when I was coaching real estate agents, I began to tell them, why don't you bring your financial advisor onto a Zoom call with me and let me explain to them why this is good for them to be in, to be closely working with a real estate agent. And I'll just, in case any of you are wondering like what that is. One of the biggest 
qualms that I've heard from financial advisors is I'm always the last one to know when people are buying or selling real estate. I either get a wire transfer request out of a retirement account, which is a no fun day for me, right? Or I find out after the fact that people had half a million dollars sitting in a, sitting in a savings account because they sold a property and didn't think to invest it, right? It's just over here. And it's like missed opportunity. And like, why don't they think of us? And so the conversation that I had with you know, my private coaching client who's a real estate agent and their preferred financial advisor is, why don't you let this real estate agent create a current market analysis on, on your client's properties prior to your annual review so that in your annual review, you can talk about real estate, which moving forward, they'll now think to contact you about real estate. Like, why would they think to contact you about real estate? You've never spoken about real estate once in those meetings. Like, why should you be mad at the client? It's not their job to think of, I should contact my financial advisor before real estate. Everyone thinks lender and real estate agent, right? But they don't think financial advisor. Give them a reason to believe that you have some interest and some competency around their real estate asset holdings. And I began to have that conversation with the two and it was like, wow, this is really starting to work. So it was about that time that I met the founder of ProInsight. And of course, I was teaching this in small groups, right? To my own private coaching company. The founder of ProInsight shared with me his vision. And he and I are both of the same belief that the professional service industries are under attack. They're under attack in a number of different ways. Number one is that big tech is working very adamantly to step between the client and the professional, right? I even see, I open up my Chase banking app and they're trying to sell me financial services, right? It's like, like everywhere you look, big tech is trying to either take that client away from whether it be a lender, a real estate agent, a financial advisor, an insurance agent, or they're trying to capture the client and then sell it back in the form of a lead to the professional, right? So that is happening. You know, of course, the economy has has changed, at least in the real estate space, has been a challenge over the past, you know, year to 18 months. And maybe even more importantly, above maybe all of that, is that now you we see the consumer starting to fight back a little bit. In the real estate industry, there's major national lawsuits saying, hey, that was unfair the way that, you know, I paid for a buyer broker and the way that that was structured is is not fair and they're actually coming back in the form of lawsuits to collect commissions and, it, and so you've got the consumer you've got big tech you've got all these forces squeezing down upon the professional service industries now do i believe that these things are going to eliminate these professionals no but i do believe that transactional professionals that work in silos are going to have severe margin compression to the point to where this may not become an interesting profession anymore for them. They may go to work for a big tech platform in their industry, or or they may go find something else altogether. And so with all of the changes that we've seen in that plus AI, it's like, we have to move now. These professionals are being impacted and affected in big ways, and we need to offer help to them. I didn't know how to do it beyond simply doing group coaching as fast as I could. The founder of ProInsight, he began a couple of years ago building a platform that had mapped out every county of the country with the intent to have professionals from multiple industries in each of these actual zip codes, all the way down to 40,000 zip codes across the country, to have these professionals not only being able to be connected with other professionals that think like them, but to be taught locally how to collaborate in the ways that we're discussing right now. And that what I'd been doing is I'd been teaching the point guard on the team, all the plays, and then putting, sending him out on the court. And there's four other players who don't know the plays. And I'm expecting this basketball team to win. I'm like, why are the referrals coming? And so that was the aha that I had when I met Don was that like, we've got to teach everybody. 
right now we've got one speaking French, one speaking Spanish, one speaking Portuguese, and one speaking Mandarin. It's like, why are they not referring each other? Well, it's because everybody has their own processes. They have their own way of talking about clients. They have their own, like all these different things are just enough dissonance that's causing the, the referrals to not flow. And if we could educate professionals to where they could really understand they have similar models, similar conversations, similar events, like shared events, right? Where they were actually um, serving each other clients in an educational format collectively and inviting their clients to attend this, that it would just make these referrals start to flow. And so that's our vision is to actually build a million member network across the country of professionals who are production vetted and that serve a very specific niche in their zip code to where now we can teach them, not now, but all along the way, we're teaching them how to work collaboratively. So that's really the opportunity that we're opening up now to kind of the financial services industry is that we need professionals that resonate with what we're talking about here today that say, yes, I want to work collaboratively and I want to work relationally and I want to have a career that can be sustainable despite what happens with big tech, despite what happens with AI, that my value proposition, because I'm pulling value from a real estate agent, from a lender, from an attorney, from a tax professional, I'm kind of becoming a pretty much bulletproof now because clients can't find that through an algorithm. They can't find it from some hourly employee that's working for a big tech company, right? And so that's really what we're building is, is a network that connects those professionals and teaches them how to operate very collaboratively. It really is a, a brilliant approach. It's kind of like telling, it's a platform to take in our situation, a financial advisor and all of their COIs and put them in the same program. So they're all speaking, like you said, the same language. They're all referring to each other. They understand how it works. They understand the benefit of it. They are in the same mindset that it's service oriented. We're helping one another versus I'm in it for me. I think right now it's very siloed where you have advisors building individual relationships with different people, but those different people they're building relationships with could all benefit one another. So it's just a neat platform that aligns all of it and brings it together like you said, everybody talking from the same page. And from the client's perspective, you now have an advisor yes. who is so connected that they're going to call you for anything, not just your service. Like I, I'm going to sell my house, but I don't know who to talk to. So I call my financial advisor who doesn't sell houses, but knows somebody at, at the top end of the business who does. I mean, I think it works beautifully on every level. And I would even take that Sabina tool even one step beyond that, which you're super intuitive to recognize that, that all of a sudden you're calling a professional from a different industry about mm -hmm. something. Why? Because they're so well connected. And then also knowing that through that experience, that financial advisor and that real estate agent has have actually worked closely together before. Mm -hmm. And that during the transaction, they'll actually be collaboratively consulting on how to be sure that not only do you get the most amount of money, but what to do with that afterwards and how much to put down mm -hmm. versus not. And now the client experience is just, it's you know out of this world based on what anything you could yeah. get by click here, get mortgage, right? Like yeah. that's, you know. I love it. So if people are interested in learning more about ProInsight or about the resources that you offer, what is the best way for them to do some research and to get more info? Yeah, I appreciate it. In fact, I also want to just, if I could plug in here really quickly, some people are like, well, this must be pretty expensive, right? Our membership is, it's currently, and it likely go up a little bit at the end of the year. It's $250 for a year membership, which includes a weekly training call. So I don't care what level of the spectrum. I know so many people, what like, it's like, oh, that'd be cool to be coached at that organization, but it's probably too expensive. So don't even look into it. Just 250 for the year, right? To get a weekly training call where we have professionals from all these different industries on this call. 
right? So that's kind of the entry point. We have other services and, and products that really help you to work collaboratively at a higher level. But to begin that process, it's it like the barrier to entry is is nothing, right? And so I just want to share that because if you're the right professional, the cost won't be an issue, right? And then really the best way to learn more, I would just say email me at the, you know, at this point, we do have some intake forms, but I just love to have a conversation, learn more about the professionals we're talking to. And we have certain kind of additional videos that would explain it that I'm happy to send people, but that'd be a, an amazing opportunity just to connect with more financial advisors. We are looking to put a financial advisor in every zip code of the country that meets kind of our criteria, right? That's either a high producer or well on their way, very relationship-based and wanting to work collaboratively and really build this a, a very sustainable long-term business. So if that's you, just email me, Justin, just like it sounds, at proinsight.com. Proinsight is P-R-O-I-N-S-I-G-H-T, proinsight.com. And I would love to meet you. Perfect. We'll make sure we put that information in the show notes as well. Going back to what you mentioned about $250 a year, I'm working with financial advisors that are paying that per month for a list of names that are cold calls that are going nowhere. So it's just, I mean, they could do this on their own too, right? I mean, they could take the simple concepts of what you talked about and do it on your own, but for $250 for the year to have a co- you know, a weekly meeting and some structure and like you said, somebody giving them the language, I just think it's such a value add that you're providing. So super psyched that you were able to join us today and, and share what you're doing and whether or not they look into Pro Insight, you shared some great information and like Sabina said, just an awesome paradigm shift. So thank you so much. Thank Appreciate you, ladies, it. so yeah, much. It was for the so great to meet you. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you both. All yeah. right, everybody. Well, that is it for today. We look forward to seeing you next time. Keep learning and growing. Thanks for joining us today for Activity Coaching Conversations with Heather and Sabina. If you found value in this conversation, please like, share, and leave a review in your favorite podcast app. And to learn more about our activity coaching clinics and how to hone your skills, visit heatherpriceconsulting.com. Link is in the show notes. Thanks again for listening. Keep learning and growing.